0: the show that helps people who empower people at work take their next step in learning all about trends they may have missed that impact business and our feedback as consultants who are in the trenches who work with people every day. So we cover a whole host of topics, whether it's uh, the the not-so-sexy stuff as uh, compliance and law and labor, to some of the sexy stuff like relationships and dating, which if you missed our last episode, go ahead and check that out. Uh, but I'm Joey. I am one of the. I'm the founder of Jumpstart HR and one of the hosts here at While We Were Working. And I'm I'm joined by Summer Keytron, who is another host here as well as our consulting practice manager. Summer, what's going on?
1: Hey, Joey. It's another great day as always. Thrilled to be here on the pod with you and. Yeah, we always have some really cool topics, and I, I feel like you say this often, but I'm really looking forward to chatting about these and also hearing from our audience on on what they think and and uh, new topics we could cover on future shows. But how are you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We've got a, a fun episode. This is sort of our, our social media run. So last week, we talked about Twitter and Thread. And this week, we're talking about TikTok trends and should your business be worried about some of the trends that are getting the most views on, on TikTok. Uh, and then we are talking about something in our consultants' corner that everyone should be paying attention to, and that is workplace communication challenges. So how do you handle poor or communication, miscommunication, workplace gossip, and I mean, how do you do that in a remote environment as well? So we've got a fun episode. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Summer, if you want to kick us off with While We Were Working and let the folks know what it is and what article we're covering today.
1: I would love to. The While We Were Working segment of our show is where we take a look at news blogs, uh, anything that's current in terms of business, people leadership, and we try to find something that we think would be really interesting to talk about. And we know you probably missed it because you were so busy working. So this week, we're talking about an article that was in um, Inc. Magazine. This was online, and it's called The Top Five Workplace Trends on TikTok, that will make you worry and uh, it make you worry about the state of employee employer relations. So, of course, Joey, anything that has uh, TikTok trends and employee employer relations in the title totally drew me in. Um, and this was written by Jessica Stillman, um, which I loved her handle, Entry Level Rebel. Uh, I love how you know she was really just kind of able to break this down in an easy to digest manner and give us something really cool to talk about today.
0: Now, summer, when we talk about these, is there going to be a, a dance tutorial? We uh, are dancing today. No, no,
1: oh, not no. not on my watch. There won't be. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think it's really interesting to me that uh, you know some of these hashtags. Um, we're, were so trending and I think at the end we'll talk about, you'll see that there's kind of a common theme um, that all of them have and it's really relevant to the work that we do and the organizations we support. So I thought it was worth just chatting about a little more today.
0: Yeah, and I mean, businesses, you know, you can think that your employees aren't on TikTok, you know, at work or before and after work. Uh, but they are. It's, it's a massive, massive social media. Um, these days, social media is shared all across. So you can share TikTok on Twitter. You can share a Facebook post on LinkedIn. So if your uh, head is in the sand with a lot of these things that we're talking about, uh, first of all, I don't know how because we're all inundated with some of these hashtags that we're talking about. But um, it's very important to pay attention to these trends if you want to help shape great work culture if you don't care just skip over get over to the gossip stuff that we're gonna talk about later but if you if you want to create a great place people enjoy being at listen to what sentiment exists out there um so the first one that we want to talk about today uh this is everybody's favorite i don't think we can get enough of this um i'm actually kidding That's sarcasm quiet quitting so quiet quitting has on TikTok almost three quarters of a billion views. So, what this tells me is if you want to go viral on TikTok for any reason at all, just talk about or use the hashtag quiet quitting. And uh, basically, what quiet quitting is, uh, you know, um, entry level rebel does a great job of explaining it, but I'll, I'll do it in my own terms is whether you are uh, burned out. So you are putting in less than an honest day's effort or you are kind of just like mailing it in and taking it easy and you're not putting in an honest day's effort. That's what quiet quitting is. You are flowing back on your productivity without saying why. And so um, it, it's got a lot of views, 746 million views on, on TikTok. I think I want to go make a TikTok now. But no, Summer, Summer. what do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, it it was a really trendy term, I, I think, gosh, late last year. I mean, it seemed like it was popping up all over the place. And, you know, when we really started to talk about it some more, we realized like, okay, well, this isn't anything new, but I, I think it's really relevant. And perhaps part of it is, you know, kind of coming out of COVID and where so many people had been working from home and, you know, maybe had a little less oversight than they did when they were in the office and it now afforded them maybe a little more room to do the bare minimum. Yep. So I, I think it's kind of a, I'm going to say a perfect storm, but you do have the combination of all of these factors coming together. And, you know, when I think about how I would feel if I had a member on my team who was doing the bare minimum, I I personally would be really, I I would be really frustrated. I'd be really upset and bothered because if you have somebody who is working their tail off to try to help the company succeed, and then, you know, you look virtually to your left and your right, and your other team members are barely getting by, like that just that doesn't it doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and as a as a person who empowers people at work, you've you gotta look at this to say, well, what's going on in my business or what's going on in my department where people are choosing to quiet quit. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, I I try to have empathy. So I, I, I look at it and I've always looked at why quitting for two reasons. One, if, if folks are burnt out and maybe there's uh, a lot of work to go around and not enough people. But then also to the other side of it, you know, definitely to your point summer. if you're not carrying your your weight and your workload, that that reflects badly on on other people. And so I got to look at it to say, you know, this is like the number one workplace trend on social media right now. Uh, is my business safe from uh, quiet quitting? How would I know? Can I can I track things? Can I have conversations with people. Do I have enough trust built in the relationships at work where people could be honest and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm feeling some type of way about my job." Uh, you know, you, you you should be paying attention. If, if there are this many views of, mm-hmm. of the hashtag, uh, you got to pay attention to going on. Th-
1: Yes. And I I think if you had mentioned a question like, well, how would I know if this is happening? And, you know, if you don't have that layer of trust already built, I mean, that's where you're going to have to start, right, in order to have these honest conversations. But I think the way to identify it is actually mentioned in this article. You know, quiet quitting is truly just treating your job as a job. That's all that it is. Like, there's no there's no personal fulfillment in it. So I think if you can have those honest conversations and get down to like the level of fulfillment that individuals have in their roles, you can start to determine whether, uh, you know, they they are or aren't going to fall into this category. And of course, if you find that, you know, there isn't much or any fulfillment for them in their role, then to have conversations to see if there are things that you can change to help bring that to them. And sometimes that may not be within your organization and that would be unfortunate, but every individual deserves that fulfillment and every employer deserves having employees who are fulfilled. So if it's not a match, that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the word we, we throw around quite a bit is at will. And so that that reminds us that everyone has a choice, and so you want to create an environment where people want to choose to work with you. Uh, but if not, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, there there are opportunities that that probably are, are better suited for them, and then you want someone on your team um, who's better suited for, for your mission. So, so yeah, quiet quitting that's a that's a big one. Um, mm-hmm. The the next one that we will take a look at doesn't have as many views, but it's an interesting one. It's got almost half a billion views. Act Your Wage, which I have never seen this before. So <laughs> uh, Act Your Wage is, um, gosh, you, can you explain this better than I could? I'm, I'm grasping. <laughs>
1: sure sure well you know i've heard it a couple of times but i did not realize that it was so popular again it's probably because i don't fall into that really cool hip demographic for like being on TikTok. and Mm -hmm. uh, okay i'm all right with that Uh, but act your wage is essentially uh, only putting in as much effort as you're actually paid for now i i don't know how one would truly measure that but You know, I I have to imagine that, you know, employees who perhaps believe or or are indeed underpaid are, again, going to do that bare minimum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is, I guess, the assumption that you are underpaid. And so if you're underpaid, you will scale it back a bit Um, because I don't think the trend exists out there where it's like, oh, I'm. Overpaid, so I've got to overwork. Um, right. No, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's fascinating. I guess we are in a an era where um, doing what feels right, in, 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 or like true to self, or you know self interest, is the guiding force and factor. Which, I mean, I guess like a philosophical theoretical standpoint that that should be true all the time. I guess the challenge is when uh, feeling what is true and right and fair for you is um, on the opposite end of the spectrum of the employer. And so that's why we exist, right? We help to get people on the, on the same page, right? We we want people more excited about Monday than Friday. So we want uh, acting your wage to be, you know, being productive and happy and, and thrilled to to do uh, what it is you're you're hired to do, uh, but but I, I hadn't seen this trend. I, I'm afraid to go down the rabbit trail <laughs> and, and look at it after the show. But uh, in the interest of time, we'll go to this next one. This one's pretty pretty common, although it's been viewed on on Instagram or TikTok less. This one only has 19 million views, 19.9 million. Views. It's quiet firing. So quiet firing is basically where um, it's a new word for an old thing. So quiet firing is you, you create this hostile environment for a person where they get so disgruntled, so upset that they say, forget it. I'm quitting. I'm leaving. I can't stand it. You all are idiots here. <laughs> uh, and, and but but ultimately, that's what management wants and so it's it's nudging people out. And, you know, if I were to create a TikTok video about uh, quiet firing, I would I would say don't. Um, there are better ways to part ways with folks. There are better ways to have conversations about how people are feeling at work. And, um, you know, yeah, just don't don't quiet fire. But, but what do you think, Summer?
1: I think that's solid advice. I mean, I feel like it's kind of the easy way out for an employer um, and maybe not even easy because you could potentially make a team member so frustrated that now they feel compelled to seek some sort of justice or seek some sort of revenge because they felt like they were done wrong. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's definitely not. Uh, not a recommended approach, but based on the number of views, it tells me that it's happening, likely happening more often than we might think. But I'm ready to move on to number four. How about you?
0: Yeah, go for it. Set it up. What's number four?
1: (laughs) Again, I feel so old because I didn't hear of this one either, but um, it's called Rage Applying. And the hashtag Rage Applying actually... Excuse me, had six million views on TikTok.
0: So with Rage applying, that one is um I've seen it. People are, are frustrated with their job. So maybe, you know, they they were frustrated on Friday. So on Saturday and Sunday, they're just applying, applying. They don't even care where, they're just applying. They're applying to jobs. It's problematic for a few reasons. It's problematic, one, as an employee, because if if you're feeling some type of way about your job, then you know try to find a a, a good way or a healthy outlet or a, a workplace BFF where you can chat about it. Um, but it's it's terrible for employers and recruiters because as soon as your application comes in, we are expecting that you want to work here, and so if if it's just like You know, you're upset at your job and so you applied all these places that you may or may not be qualified for. And then that recruiter call, you know, you've wasted the recruiter's time if all you're saying is, oh, I changed my mind. Uh, You know, we made up. It's okay. I'm going to I'm going to stick around. Um, But but yeah, rage applying is you're so frustrated with your job. That you're just blindly and erratically uh, applying elsewhere so that you can, um, you know, at least be validated that, you know, that that you're wanted, that you're valued.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself. I hadn't heard of rage applying before, but it totally makes sense. I think, you know, there's kind of very similar habits that occur in other like other behaviors and other aspects of people's life, so totally not surprising. But that one had six million views. And then rounding out this list, number five was quiet hiring at five point three million. Had you heard of that one?
0: No, I haven't. But in reading about it, it definitely feels like an old term with a new new life.
1: I feel like I feel like most, if not all, of these are. But the the definition. Of quiet hiring is simply, you know, instead of companies actually hiring more staff to do their work, uh, they're squeezing more out of their existing staff. So that's nothing new. You know, we've seen that when companies have had to go through layoffs, that's exactly what happens. Uh, but I think, you know, it this is a, uh, likely kind of a slightly different situation where like instead of it being the effect of a downturn it's like you know a company actually making a strategic decision saying hey like we really should hire we really need to hire based on our labor model but we're going to just divvy these accounts or whatever it is among our you know among our current team and then we're not going to have to hire somebody yet
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so so you know as a person who if you if you empower people at work um this quiet hiring piece you know we we get it understand it's part of business right there there are great days in business great seasons and then there are bad seasons so every business can have seasons of what here is called quiet hiring i think if you ask a you know, um, consultant, they would just say it's resource planning. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but, uh, again, one of the values that we have at, at our, at our business is, um, you know, ignite the spark and, um, be part coach, part cheerleader. And so with those values, we just try to make work enjoyable, or at least have some optimism there, even in tough times. And so, um, if you are quiet Hiring, um, maybe maybe try to find ways to to make that um, to, to to celebrate whether it's like I don't know gatherings or um, recognition for people pulling extra weight, uh, doing doing something to help help people stand out and be recognized for carrying that that extra load.
1: Absolutely, I I would also say that the big takeaway from all of these is to really recognize that, you know, team members are, they're, they're ultimately, they're feeling undervalued. And I recognize it, it can be a very difficult time for many businesses right now and, you know, kind of the old ways of rewarding and recognizing their team members may not be available to them. But I think at a minimum, opening those lines of communication with your team about the state of the business, where where you are and where you're headed, and building that trust we talked about, starting to have those honest conversations with team members to determine, are we meeting their needs? Are we able to meet their needs in the future? And then making steps to- towards that can help improve that level of satisfaction, that level of appreciation that team members feel. And hopefully we'll see some lower trends of these hashtags on the various social media uh in in the coming uh you know in, in the coming months but yeah. i think it's definitely an indicator uh, that there's a lot of work to do
0: yeah you know we, we didn't curate this list so we're relying on uh the author we're relying on jessica uh that this these truly are the top five workplace trends Uh, But for the five workplace trends to be negative is a sign that either social media is a very dark place or we have a lot of work to do in our workplaces, or maybe it's a little column A, a little column B. (laughs) Uh, But either way, you know, thanks for indulging in our conversation on that and hope you got some tips to take away and, and be a better a connector of, of your people and, and trust builder, so that they're not going viral uh, for for talking about how terrible of a of a boss you are, uh, and then they quit their job and and go be a social media influencer. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and shift into our next segment. Our next segment is Consultant Corner, and this is where we talk about life in the trenches—the good, the bad, the ugly—of what it's like to be a consultant in the HR space and work with our phenomenal customers that we support. Now, sometimes we get cues and we make notes of like, oh, we should talk about this on the show from our customers. Sometimes people write into us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And so this week, we've got a pretty interesting topic that is probably an anchor topic in your business that you should have a handle on regardless. So this is, this would essentially be management 101 or management 201. It's an essential. And this is, how do you address workplace communication challenges? Challenges such as poor communication, miscommunication, gossip, and behaviors that erode the ability to send and receive messages. So um, I'll kind of just go ahead here and uh, give my first thing and like i said at first right every every business should should have a handle on communication or at least all be actively working towards communication better communication i am a, an advocate for the disc assessment as a means for people to understand their communication style and their team communication style we we've got a disc coach on our team Uh, Maria, she's awesome. And I I had the privilege of joining her during a session where we had about 16 people in the room who had all undergone a disk assessment. And so we charted their uh, communication style on a board. And the light bulbs went off in the room when people understood, oh, this is why I'm wired this way. This is why I like talking to these people. This is why I don't like talking to these people. This is why... I work for this person. This is why I don't work for that person. So just, in this still in the a commercial, uh, but really effective communication starts at understanding one another and realizing that we all have our own preferences, motivations, and really experience with communication. And so a DISC assessment does help with that. Uh, but to me, that's the first start. It, the first place to start is know yourself, know your team, and then that will lay out the challenges that you need to work.
1: With. Gosh, Joey, there are so many nuggets in what you just said, like just gems of information, because when the first time I took a DISC assessment, I was completely blown away of like, well, how can like just answering some of these questions tell me so much about myself? And I think I kind of resisted it at first, like this can't be true. Like I'm not this outgoing. And then everybody around me is like, yes, you are. (laughs) Uh, But I I think more so than just truly recognizing my own style, learning what the other styles are and how to, how to read them, like how to recognize them was truly one of the biggest gifts as, you know, as, as a professional, I, I think. I've learned because communication is the, it's the core of everything that we do. So for example, you know, the moment that I realized that my CEO and CFO that I worked for were all about details, then I had that aha moment of why they were always frustrated with me because naturally I'm not about details. So now I knew like, okay, I had to do my homework before I'd go and have a conversation with them to communicate in a way that they needed you know similarly if i had a boss who was very like short and concise and like wanted me to hurry up and get through things and naturally i just like to talk and tell stories i'm going to frustrate them Mm -hmm. so i think you know that that's just a little quick story there about the value of not only disc but understanding your own style and recognizing the styles of others but you know it makes me think about I'm sure everybody's had a situation where, like you're talking to somebody, and despite what you are sharing with them and they're sharing back to you, it's like you're on two different wavelengths. Have you ever had that? And it's like, 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 why are you not understanding? And then the other person is like, Well, why aren't you understanding?
0: <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll even, it's bad, but sometimes I'll, I'll zone out. I'm like, wait, this conversation can't be going the way that it's going because they're not speaking the same thing I'm speaking.
1: Right. And I, I think I've seen a lot of miscommunication happen like via chat, via email. Right. Because we don't have a lot of like, you know, we don't have the same like cues and clues that we do when we're actually talking and, you know, face to or, face or through video. Uh, but I, I think, you know, some of the, some of the key takeaways is first understanding styles, how to recognize them from there. It's also understanding which methods of communication are most effective for what you're attempting to accomplish. Right. Because like Joey, what's your preferred method and least favorite method of communication?
0: Uh, I guess my preferred method is probably like a message, like a Slack or, or a text.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and my least preferred is a phone call. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess maybe my second favorite would be, you know, in person face to face.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's cool that you shared that because, you know, I'll talk to other folks who are like, do not text me ever, just uh, call me.
0: Yeah, why didn't you pick up the phone?
1: Right, just call me. Because
0: like, I hate it.
1: <laughs> um, And and so I think, you know, learning what others prefer is part of it, but also recognizing that, you know, if you have this, you know, the, this long, you know, or what you expect is going to be a complex conversation, trying to do that via Slack or by text is, like, not the most effective communication. And furthermore, I think I talked about this on one of our other episodes. It's so easy for things to get lost in text, like just, you know, understanding what somebody is saying. So I have the golden rule which I I swear is like guided me has always steered me has always steered me right. And that is most respectful interpretation so that means that when you read something and you feel yourself getting a little heated then you pause and you say hold on let me reread this with the most respectful interpretation and it's interesting how you can actually read the same exact words yeah and they have a totally different meaning depending on like your mindset in that moment
0: yeah believing believing the best about others is it's so key uh because then that that helps even just you know with the relationship between you two if there is a, a touchy topic uh, that you gotta uh, chat about um what one thing I we we could talk about too is um with with gossip so it, it, the the person wrote in about how do you stop gossip well I, I think everyone has to play a part in um, stopping gossip in the sense that if you if you hear it, like summer, like summer said about the thing previously, redirect towards the most positive interpretation about the other person that they're being as um, being gossiped about, um, and and not participating in, in the gossip. Um, you know, you can have policies and procedures for uh, workplace communication, but at the end of the day, people are going to be people. And you want to just create an environment and reinforce behaviors to celebrate behaviors that, um, that stem from great communication. So instead of gossiping, you might want to have people say, Hey, if, if I don't feel comfortable going to someone about a topic, can you come along with me? Or can I bring it to my manager and, and they talk about it? Um, and then the other thing that uh, was, was brought up was, you know, Poor communication, you know, take a class, um, identify what good communication looks like in an organization and remember to hold people to those standards. So good communication might look like, hey, what does the preparation look like for us going into a meeting? What does preparation look like going after the meeting? What does preparation look like for this type of call? What does preparation look like when we are, um, you know, just chatting and catching up? So having having guidelines uh, is a good way for people to create those checklists of, of whether they're communicating uh, poorly or communicating well.
1: Those are so many great tips. I I think communication it's it seems easy, but it's so easy to do it to do it wrong. I mean, with all of the different methods that we have to communicate with, how busy everybody is. You do have to be intentional, and I think we've laid out a handful of great tips on how team members and managers can improve their communication skills, but I'll also take a moment to mention that as part of our Jumpstart HR consulting services, we provide trainings, uh, customized training specific for your team members, and we also provide manager and leadership coaching. So if you're listening to this and thinking, gosh, I'd love to hear about those disk assessments or, you know, just even love for you to do a training with my team to help them improve communication. Reach out to us. We'd love to chat and talk to you about how we can help improve skills within your organization.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, communication, everything rises, rises in the fall on it your ability to attract people to your team, your ability to win clients, your ability to stay in business. Communication is so important and you want to stay in business with great people who also value communication. So let's talk and uh, you can check out our past episode for other topics that we go into all about empowering people at work in your business. So have a great one and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks everyone.